It's Concrete Points with Jessica Myers. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Concrete Coins, where our goal is to take beginner and intermediate investors to help build their seven-figure real estate portfolio. Today, we are live in the field, so you'll hear some ding-ding and a bang-bang, but it's because we're bringing it to you right from the source of what we do every day. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Concrete Coins. My name is Jessica Myers, and I am guiding you through your journey to your seven-figure real estate portfolio. One of the main elements that people often say is, oh, I'll wait till I save up money so that I can get into flipping or get into real estate investing or renovation. Or other people say, I don't know where to find money to fund my deal. All of that and more is the reason why I asked my business partner and friend, Mr. Matt Coleman, to come on today to talk to you guys about different strategies of funding your deal because so many people have so many misconceptions. They're just like, I need to save hundreds of thousands of dollars. I can't get involved. We wanna clear all that up today. So while he has a wealth of knowledge and entrepreneurship, and he can tell you a little bit more about his story of how he came to get into real estate investing, one of the things that we will focus on today is how to get your deal funded. Dispelling a lot of the myths from the man that makes it happen for our team at Jumpstart and makes it happen for other individuals out there in the field, Mr. Matt Coleman. Can you please introduce yourself? Thank you, thank you, thank you. I, um, I always like to first of all start off by, you know, of course, thanking Jessica. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really enjoying the show, um, all the great content that she's able to put out and, and fulfilling her dream, you know. She knows we kind of vibe on personal development. So for everyone that's listening, just know that this is delivered with passion and and a, and a lot of knowledge, you know, over the years. So, um, to answer your question, um, I'm Matthew Coleman from Toledo, Ohio. Uh, very passionate about, uh, you know, the pursuit of excellence and, and being the best I can be, um, developing relationships, and uh, you know, glad to be able to come and talk about lending. Exciting about lending. It's something I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life. And then, of course, also excited about partnering with Jessica and Greg and Pat and Jumpstart. So how did you get here involved in real estate? Um, as you mentioned, you're from Toledo. You came to Atlanta. Obviously, Atlanta is the black mecca. This is no greater place in the world where you will find this many black people doing their thing in real estate. Yeah. And that's one of the draws you said you had to Atlanta, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I'm from Toledo, Ohio, so you're looking at obviously a, a a Midwest town that's you know automotive industry. We were fortunate enough to be near Detroit, so I was always able to to feel that. But had to go back to Ohio, you know. Um, and being in real estate, you know, my dream initially uh, was to be able to be the gentleman who's got 13, 14 properties. You know, I got a pickup truck. Um, you know, don't have to go to work. Uh, real quick snippet is I worked at Ace Retail Support Center and what I consider to be in college, a pretty good job at like $15 an hour. And I would always hear that, you know, and then, then four hours later, then an hour later, and that was the horn saying, you gotta go to work. And it was the horn saying, you get to go to lunch. And then it was the horn saying, you got to go back to work, and then you get to go home. And it was like, you know, real estate always, everyone that I knew, knew residual income. 
the landlord. So that you know that was a fortunate piece. So, and that's really important too, as people think about building their base um, financially. That's where real estate affords you that freedom to do with your time what you want. And so, like you said early on, you already heard. I don't want to hear the horn to tell me to go to to go to lunch to come in to get to go, to go to lunch to have to go. You know, and those things. You know, I, I graduated from University of Toledo, and you know, fortunately, I got into a sales job. You know, I'm, I'm a talker, I love people, never met a stranger, and but still always wanted, had an entrepreneur dream. Um, so I bought a commercial building. That was kind of, you know, and, and that was my first taste of, hey, I'm gonna run my detailed business out of the back, work corporate, and rent the front. So subsequently, I, I purchased a, a burnout uh, twinplex. That was a great story if you really wanna learn about uh, you know, buying cars, buying houses, I'm sorry, the cars, buying houses that have escrow money. So I basically got that house, that twinplex for free. Mm. For free. That right? may be a whole podcast in itself of how to acquire properties for free. Because it's got the money in escrow from the burnout. Mm, gotcha. So I fixed it up for 3000 and got 3000 back. I, I mean, I bought it for 3000 and took it. And when I say free, I did the work. Gotcha. So gotcha. there was some labor involved. But, um, and then I bought a, 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 a duplex, and then I bought another duplex on Ottawa Drive on Norwood, and then Joffrey, I bought a house, and then at my house on Glen Road. So I was doing okay, you know, and I loved real estate, but that's what's, what I love what we're doing, is take it to another level with the nice modern houses and the nice neighborhoods. Mm. So that's another thing, know your entry point. Um, but in terms of real estate, it really, it, it, when I moved here, that's how I met you through house jerks, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I was just, man, just mesmerized at all Atlanta had to offer and really just was the sky's the limit, was excited. And even honestly, if you guys hear some of the noise in the background, we are here on site at one of our projects that we're working on together. And that's the point. It's like I wanted to bring in the everyday conversations that we have and work with other investors or even through our team and bring them to life so that other people can hear what really goes on a day in the life of, um, you know, or really get exposure to some of the elements that we have to deal with as real estate investors. So some of the noises that you guys hear, we're on an active project site. We're big on touch it, feel it, see it, educating and, um, and creating those opportunities to educate other investors to get involved as close as you can to the project. So speaking of as close as you can, one of the biggest things that people have to deal with is money. Yeah. Yeah. How do I get money for a deal? Yeah. That is the biggest thing. And obviously, everybody wants to use as less of their money as possible, which is great. But that just means that someone else takes a higher risk and you may have to pay them a little bit more for it. In our world, we call that hard money. Can you explain a little bit more of what hard money is, how it differs from traditional lending and how others may not be able to get a traditional loan for a renovation project? Right, absolutely, and, and we had touched on, and I think that's that's a good segue when we talk about miss. You know, you had mentioned previously about miss, and hard money is simply money that's lend on, lended to a hard asset. So, uh, you know, unsecured loan compared to hard money is that unsecured. There's no asset to attach to that money. So that just means somebody who has a stellar credit score and they're able to get access to capital for their business, but it's not necessarily tied to the asset, correct? Right. And, and, and even with stellar credit, um, 
traditionally, when you're looking at a lot of the fix and flip products, I know we'll touch on, uh, traditional banks still are not, that's not their appetite. So when you look at hard money, the, the, the premises is based on a hard set, a hard asset, but the other thing is it's actually flexible investors. So, so when I talk to people, especially when I started off, you know, I dealt with a lot of the newbies, right? And I had to let them know that you have an opportunity, but the, the myth was it's ridiculous rates, you know, they're taking advantage of you. And, and the reality is, is that this is an opportunity. And so many times, um, you know, we kind of look at gift horse in the mouth and we look at all the bad things. And, and I share with them, when you're looking at an investment, if you were gonna partner with, if you were gonna partner with somebody and they say, hey, this project is $100,000, um, we need $20,000 to fix it up, so that's $120,000. So a bank will say, no, I'm not gonna lend you that money because this house is not livable. So that's the caveat that people don't realize. Sometimes, a lot of times, most of the times, hard money is the only way to go. What about a 203K loan? I've heard about some of those helping people out and getting into an investment strategy and fixing it up. Right, absolutely, and I think we could use a VA loan. We could look at a lot of different ways, but those are the exceptions, not the rule. Or on those for owner-occupied? Well, in the same token, you could pull equity. I thought we were just talking about in terms of getting cash. Okay. You know, you, okay. can, you can use those and pull money out of them, but no, you're not gonna be, now that was actually, a truck <laughs> but but you're right I mean that that's the aspect that says it's not even going to be possible but there are some situations where you can pull equity out of a property okay so getting back to the hard money situation right. um, so you were saying that if I needed a hundred thousand and it was twenty thousand worth of work worth of rehab so, the rehab. so there's certain formulas right so uh, one of the things I, I, I like to share with new investors is it's two things one thing is gonna be experience, right? But one of the biggest things is it takes money to make money. You know, I know there are some situations with people they have unsecured loans where you can get no money down. But with hard money, there's some formulas that we go over that really explain the, the cookie cutter way to make it happen. So if you're looking at the $100,000 loan, you know, the reality is we talked about it earlier, there's gonna be a situation where you can't get it from anywhere else, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people don't realize that it's a lot easier to get it if you have some money, right? So the key you have to look at is in a partnership, two people have to win. So hard money lenders really look at it and say, okay, I'm gonna leverage this asset. I'm gonna loan you money. So if the purchase is $100,000, they wanna say, what do you have to bring to the table? And, and that's the part a lot of people get weary about. And there's a lot of no money down programs. But at the end of the day, the lenders that I deal with, they want the borrower to bring some what they like to call skin in the game. So I don't know, maybe we'll go into an example later, but you know, hard money is an opportunity to get started in real estate and not have to have a lot of experience, not to, ha not to have a lot of money. But the reality is it's a partnership. And that's what you look for to partner with the lender. I like to say ice, ice, baby. That's <laughs> income, credit, and okay. experience. Nice. And those are all elements that are needed to go with a like hard that. money lender, correct? I like that. that I like ice, that. income, credit, and experience. So when we say credit, we're generally talking about what? 
Um, you know, and, and I think when we talk about income, um, I think that's going to depict your credit. Better credit, less money down. We can actually go down to as low as a 600 credit score, if you can believe it. But now you're talking about bringing 30, 35%. Uh, but if it's 100,000. As opposed to what? As opposed to 15, you know, with the, with the market change right now, there was a lot of programs, you know, back pre-COVID where you come with 10% down if you have good credit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now, you know, there's some programs now that are loosening up a little bit where you come with as low as 15% down. Now, when you're saying percent, are you talking about, because, so there are three elements as far as purchasing a home. There's acquisition, there's the actual renovation cost, and then there are whatever fees associated with it Absolutely. from the lender. So when you say 15% or you say 30%, I love that. are you talking about the percent of acquisition, renovation cost? and the fees, or are you just talking about the acquisition? Like, what are these positions it. applied to? Yeah, and you brought, you brought, Percentages. Up, a, you brought up a great point. And I, I like to share that, you know, the 15% down, there's a difference between investment and expense. So when we talk about 15% down, and we, we touched on it earlier, that's skin in the game. So that's 15% down, generally, of the purchase price. So, and no, when we say investment versus experience, when you put that 15% down, we'll say of that $100,000, you get that back. So that's not an amount of money that you're giving away to the lender. That's the amount of money that you're partnering with the lender to say, hey, I'm worthy. And I talked about earlier about a partnership. If you and I were going to partnership and say, hey man, I got this uh, widget, right? I could buy 100 widgets, they cost a dollar each, uh, partner with me. The first thing that's gonna come up is, how much money you got? Now, if I tell you, hey, I've got $80, but you got to come up with 20, that's a good deal, right? And then you get to get the profit. So from a lending perspective, when you really look at it as a partnership, it really makes it more exciting because now you're saying, you're saying, hey, this money guy is going to partner with me, give me 85% to move forward. And all I got to bring is 15% to move forward. Now remember, that 15% is an investment because when you sell it, if it's 100,000 and you sell it for 150, you're going to get the 100,000 back, which now you got, you pay them the 85 and you keep the 15. So that 15 really was an investment. So you get the whole 50,000, but now we're going to talk about people have to establish what are the expenses? Those are the monies that you don't get back. So we, you know, to initiate the deal, know you got to bring some money to the table. They call it stake in the game. And I think the next thing is important to evaluate how much money is going to be an expense. So I don't know if you want to kind of segue the points and, and, and break down. Or I- yeah, can, you, can we discuss the art of a deal? Can you talk about one specific deal with the numbers, like this is how much it costs to acquire it. Yeah. This is how much they spent to renovate it. These were the approximate closing costs. Based on this, absolutely. at that 15%, absolutely. what did my numbers look like that I had to bring to the table? And I think that's how we're going to be able to connect with listeners yep. to really bring it home because that's the goal. Absolutely. To not speak in generalities, but really take home um, actionable steps that they can do to really get their deal completed. So if you can, like, what was that last deal that you had that you can remember and really go through what the numbers look right. like? Right, and let's use 20% round numbers. And, I, and, and whenever I talk to clients, I... You know, that's what I do is I say, hey, let's let's break apart a deal and let's use a simple 
uh, a simple deal, right? And I like to use, first of all, you, you gotta know, you talked about earlier, your purchase price, your rehab, and then your after repair value. That's your profit. You gotta be able to know how much am I gonna make at the end of the deal, right? And a lender wants to know, is it a deal? Um, I break it down to find a deal and then fund a deal, right? So when you're finding a deal, you have to know how much did I buy it for? How much rehab work do I have to put in? That's gonna be a contractor. You know, whether you're a wholesaler is gonna be the purchase. So you're gonna know those two things. Let's use a round number of, you know, I'm riding through a neighborhood that's $100,000. All these houses are $100,000, right? So if I see a house that's, we look at a distressed property, right? A wholesaler is gonna say, this is a, a motivated seller. Maybe the gutters aren't taken care of, the grass is kinda long. You find out that the property is selling for $50,000. You're like, wow, that's $50,000 worth of profit. And uh, at that point you say, I gotta see how much is the repairs, right? So then what do you do? You gotta bring a contractor in, right? So when you do that, say you find out that the, that the repairs are gonna be $15,000, right? So now you're looking at $50,000 purchase, a $15,000 rehab, and then an after repair value of $100,000. So simple numbers, that's 65% of the after repair value, which means there's 35% of profit. I mean, in any deal that you're doing, you wonder, okay, that's 35% profit. So when you look at $100,000, the lender's gonna say, what is the minimum amount that we would fund? So that is a stereotypical deal to say, $50,000 to purchase, $15,000 to rehab, $100,000 after repair value. That means that 65% of the after repair value. That's gonna be a deal. So you kind of look at that as the first stage is you have to find a deal. So what, they, what we'll do is we'll say, okay, we found this deal, right? So we, we had a wholesaler or we drove for dollars and we found this house and we knew it was 50,000 to purchase it. We had a contractor come out and say, hey, you gotta like carpet, you know, you gotta do the roof, you gotta paint, it's gonna be about 15,000. So what you could then say is, hey, I could go to my lender. I found a deal. So now how do we fund that, right? What is it gonna take? We've had no money, but now we get under contract. And we say, a lender's gonna say, what I want you to do, like we talked about earlier, what I want you to do is I want you to partner with me. I'm gonna give you most of this money, but I wanna vet what you're about and then what you're gonna add to it. And, and, and by what you're about, that's experience. That's gonna be experience and credit. Okay. You know, and with that being said, um, they're gonna want you to have some stake in the game because think about it, and when I'm talking to someone who's maybe not experienced and they gotta bring 20%, right, or 25%, and I explain to them, the more experience, the less risk. So if we've got a lender and we found the house and now we say, hey, you've got a 680 credit score, that's gonna get you, 680 and above is gonna get you the better rates, right? It's gonna get you that 15%. It's gonna get you those lower amounts instead of 20 and 25. But for the sake of this conversation, we're gonna use round numbers to say 20%. So he says, hey, we'll fund you. Here's the deal. You got a 6, 680 credit, 6, 660 credit score, um, even if you've done no deals, I've got lenders that'll that'll fund you with no experience. Wow. Yeah, first time, yeah. first timers. Um, but we'll say you got one deal under your belt. We'll say, okay, 
um, what we're gonna want you to do is bring 20% of the purchase price, right? So we're gonna say 20%, two times five, that's $10,000. So they're gonna give you 40, you're gonna bring 10, and another thing they're gonna do, they're gonna give you 100% of the rehab money. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, so that's your stake in the game. And remember, I, I just impress on people so much when they say, dang, $10,000. I go back to example, me and you are gonna partner, right? You're gonna get all the profit, I'm gonna invest the money, but you don't have to bring any money to the table. And I, and I, and I, I share with them, I'm saying, imagine if you partner with somebody, would they be more or less likely to walk away if they had no money in it? Exactly, you're more likely to walk away if you have no skin in the game. So, exactly. so part of why they ask you to do the down payment and all of that, because, you know, really hard money really looks into the asset itself and Absolutely. not the person. Absolutely. Versus traditional loans tend to look more at the person and the asset, too. Oh, my God. But they scrutinize the person. So hard money, you can get away with less harsh terms on the actual person. To your point, you still got to come correct. They still want to make sure that they're dealing with the upstanding person. Absolutely. So they check your credit. They check your experience. Absolutely. And they check those other elements. But really, they want to make sure that you have skin in the game, which is why they ask for the 10, the 15, or the 20% down payment so that they're not a hundred percent all taking the risk absolutely is that correct absolutely and I mean it's about leverage you know they want to leverage your money with their money to make sure it's a good deal that's why you know lenders are just people they just have systems in place to protect their money just like we, you would in business so you so people come to you for they come for me for, I have a few products, but sticking to fix and flips, they come to me to say, I need money, right? How can I get money? So the whole thing is, how can I explain them, especially the newbies? They've heard myth, they heard it's this, they heard it's that. So it's really, really, really simple. You need to have round number 20% invested of your money, which you get back. Just have to really, really just resonate that, that you're not giving that money up. You're investing it, and when you sell it, you get it back. Yeah, so what we call ourselves investors, that's the investment. Absolutely. What you're putting down to have stake into the project, yep. that is what makes you an investor. Absolutely. Because to your point, you invest that so that you get the return on the back end. But the hard money lender is the one taking up the bulk of the risk until they charge you a hefty fee, but then you're able to recoup most of it back on the back end. Absolutely. And, and that's why you're the, you're, they're just the lender. That's why you make most of the money in this partnership. So then you have to ask yourself, is it fair that I make 25, 28, 29% of that 35%? Yeah, you, you, you're getting the bulk of, you're getting 70, 80% of the profit. So they're taking the most of the risk so they don't get the most return. It's fair. So when you look at putting that 20% down as an investment, not an expense, now we have to look at what are the expenses. And that's where you have to really challenge yourself to crunch some numbers, take some time and see. Now we already know it's a deal because we know it's 35% profit. We already know we're putting 20% down. And at that point, how much of that 35% profit do they want compared to how much I get? Let's start off with the first fee, expense. Now that first fear expense is gonna be their upfront return on putting up most of the money, which is points. And a lot of people say, what are points? It's just a percent. When you say one point, two point, three points, it's just one percent, two percent, three percent. Of the entire deal. Of the entire loan amount. 
of the entire loan amount, okay? And that's key because we may think that we're getting charged on that 20%. So it's one thing, so going back to your analogy before, you said $50,000 um, to acquire the property, 15000 to renovate the property, and I'm still in that 65%. But now you're talking about points, you're talking and you're expressing other fees that are, are they a part of my 65%? Are they outside of my 65%? And when we say 65%, we're talking about of off of the after repair value. Absolutely. Correct? And, and one caveat, one little piece is that the lender throws a little curveball when we say they're going to fund 65%. Because remember, you're putting 20% down. So now 40000 is the actual loan amount. 15000 is now the re rehab that they're going to fund you. So they really only have not 65000 in the game. They only have 55000 in the game. So now we're taking, that's the actual loan amount, 55000 not sixty-five, because you've got your 10000 So if we look oh, at- Oh, so you're including my down payment. I'm minusing your down payment. So now we have a $55,000 loan, and now we have to look at how many points they're gonna charge. Generally, it's between two to three points. So if we were looking at a total loan amount of $55,000, and we were to multiply that by, we, we, we make it happen. So we'll say times 2%. So the lender is going to charge you $11,000. To make. Oh, no, I messed that up. <laughs> He's going to charge you $1,100. To make. What's, what's our number in our example? We were at, we were at $35,000. Okay, so you're going to pay. $1,100 fee. Yes. Right? And then another fee they like to charge is uh, a processing fee. Anywhere between six ninety-five to twelve hundred bucks. That's for the ladies in the back office to do the paperwork. Uh, and generally about nine hundred bucks. Right? So you're looking at on that deal for the numbers that we mentioned. You're looking at about three thousand dollars in fees altogether. Eh. We're gonna say nine hundred. We're gonna say two. A little bit more than that, because we're gonna say eleven hundred for points. We're gonna say uh, not. We'll say six ninety-five. We're gonna say seven hundred bucks. Seven hundred dollars in a processing fee. So we're at. $1,800 in fees, right? We're gonna put that to the side. $1,800 they're charging. Another thing we're gonna charge you is you're gonna to have to contend with, and the lender's not charging this, but you've got closing costs, right? And the closing costs come from the attorney because when we talked about earlier about getting an attorney involved in another episode, um, you know, most people are like, well, when do you pay an attorney who can pay it? You know, you think these attorneys charge exorbitant fees. Right. But you only pay the attorney when you get to the closing table. Absolutely. You don't pay them up front. True. But it's, you know, and, and the thing is, what I look at as a lender is I want to talk to my client about how much money they're going to spend on the deal. But to your point, no, that's not a lender charge. Um, so, so we'll leave that out for the lender's sake. But I think an overall deal is very important. You, you do need to factor it into your do numbers you because now we're already talking about 3000 I got to come to the table, plus my down payment, plus the attorney closing fees. No, we're, we're at we're at eleven hundred. We're at seventeen hundred. I got my little trusty calculator. So we're gonna we're gonna plus the seven hundred. So we're at eighteen hundred for the lender. That's all the lenders getting. Oh, okay. Yeah, eighteen hundred for okay. the lender on this smaller deal. But we're gonna add in the closing costs. I mean, you're not gonna get a closing for under two grand. And I would say safely, just say twenty five hundred. You, you're big in the game. I'd say twenty five hundred. So we'll say plus twenty five hundred. So now we're at $4,300. So I'm slated to make 35000 
but I need to back out of that 35,000, 4,300 in fees. Yeah, in fees. Now we have some more expenses. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's more expensive. So this, this 35000 ain't stretching too far. Well, it will because it's not that much more because we have interest. Inch, so I've been charged a down payment to have skin in the game. Not charged. So I am investing points into the project that I will get back in the end. Or I'm investing down payment. Yes. So I'm investing down payment Still funds. your money. Okay. I'm getting it. That's separate. Got it. So I got the investing part down payment 10,000 and that's going to be approximately 10,000 because that's about 20% of, of the, the purchase price of the purchase price okay so going with the analogy right we have that i have my down payment yes. or my investment yes. into the project that i'm going to get back yes now i have my points yes and that's the percent that lenders charge of the loan amount yes now I have my closing costs yes, that I already need to factor in that has nothing to do with the lender. Yes. Now you're saying there's another fee called da -da -da -da. interest payments? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. What are the interest payments? How does that look? Okay, so if we look at interest payments and we say, hey, we got a $55,000 loan and we'll use round numbers, which are generally a good number, 10%. Oh, 10% sounds like so much, right? Now, you're gonna have this loan, the opportunity to utilize this loan for a year with interest-only payments. But mind you, every month's interest-only payments is deducted from your profit. So when we use these smaller amounts, generally $15,000 rehab, I mean, you can have that done in 30 days, two weeks. So it doesn't take that long. So it doesn't take that long. And what we do is we take 10% times $55,000. Right? So it's 5500 Wow, that's a lot of money. I got to pay 5500 No. It's over a year. So now when we divide that by 12 months, you're talking about $458 a month. So my interest payments are divided through, so I multiply that by, uh, so I take my interest payments of the entire loan, and then I divide that number by 12, and then that gets me my monthly payments. And that's why lenders charge the points. Because if it was just the interest and somebody's in and out of a project in 30 days, they wouldn't make they're much. making 500 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It so, wouldn't be worth it. And, and it's almost like a performance-based. Interest-only interest payments are performance-based. If you're skilled and professional and you can get in and out in 30 days, 60 days, now you're looking at total amount of the project. We'll say if you're 60 days, it's, uh, say, 1,000 bucks. So now you're 5,300 bucks to make 35. And so this goes back to the beginning where we talked about experience. Absolutely. Because the more experience you have, the quicker you should be able to go through these projects. Novice investors are gonna take a little bit longer because they're Absolutely. figuring stuff out. Absolutely. And they're not as prepared for when things come up. Absolutely. But that's the point of this podcast though, yep. to tell people about the little <laughs> things that come up. And that's why we're going through the balance sheet or term sheet, right. which is what lenders give out, correct, which has all these fees on it. Absolutely. And that's why I like to share with people as a lender, I look at myself as a consultant, you know, from subs to knowing that that don't harp on that now you need 14,000 down, but you're really only putting 5,300 or 4,300 down. The 10,000 is still your money, it's still your money, it's still your money. Anytime you make money, you have to, you have to spend money. Exactly. Nobody's gonna loan you money. I don't, even when you buy your home loan, there's a VA loan, they give you a break. 
but ultimately they still want three to ten percent down and buying your home mm -hmm. so there's a lot of consumer protections that help home buyers, but in the business world, everybody wants someone to have some stake in the game so that you won't walk away. So. That's the big, the name of the game is having accountability. Absolutely. One of the main things, um, one of the main themes that has run through this, um, when you see the most successful client in this investing world, what were some of the tools and the habits oh, that they brought yeah, to the table? Yeah. I mean, I think it was, it was the hard knocks. I mean, at the end of the day, you fail forward. You know, John Maxwell, you know, your parents, you know what I mean? Um, you, you'll have to fall on your face and get back up. And I think from millionaires and billionaires, unless you just have that, uh, that, that given to you money, which I call, you know, legacy money, uh, even them. Or silver spoon. Yeah, silver spoon. And even I think a lot of those people say, hey, I'm not giving my son anything. I think those type of parents who, who don't just give their children stuff, you have to learn through hard knocks. You have to learn through hard knocks. That, that's, to me, that's what resonates with everyone because me, I consider myself successful. And the only way I've become successful is because I learned through hard knocks. Mm. What's been the one thing that you wish you knew when you got started in real estate that you know now? To be honest, I like when people say that. No, lie to me. No. Um, the biggest thing I think I would have wanted to know is to be able to do the numbers properly and be truly, truly educated on the numbers. Because if you're knowledgeable, knowledge conquers fear. Yeah. You know, if you're jumping out of an airplane and you've got a parachute and you know that 98% of people who jump out and you know how to check your parachute and you knew how to fold it and what it takes and how, if you know all that, the fear is less. Gotcha. Because yeah, fear stops people. Yeah, and, and that's one of the main targets for this is a lot of people who've been thinking and thinking and thinking and mulling and mulling and mulling about getting involved in real estate investing and they don't know how and they're scared to make that first step. Right. The point of this conversation is to expose some of the the it. numbers, the terms, and things like that so you can walk forward with confidence. Absolutely. And this is how you build your seven-figure portfolio, by not being afraid, continuing to build your team, and continuing to learn. So with that being said, um, for people to contact you, um, yes, I want you to give your information of how to reach you and things like that, but more importantly, I want people to understand the difference between going through a broker like yourself Absolutely. or someone direct. Absolutely. Because I know a lot of times, you know, you said credit is an important play. I don't want 10 people running my credit. But isn't that the point of going through a broker is that I go through one person and then they spread me out to who is the best deal versus having to go through lenders and keep getting my credit run? I think that's one thing. Um, I think the understanding of the products that are available is big too. So three things. One is you go through a broker um, for your point to say, hey, I'm gonna be able to set you down with the person that better suits and fits you so that you're not running all through the mill, having your credit pulled six times to be able to find out that this lender said he can do it, um, but he can't do it because of A, B, C, and D. But I think the, I, I like to say the main thing to me after talking to people is to be able to have the expertise to say, this is, what I, this is the conversation I have every day. Um, even people, and then I spend the time that you don't have to spend in dealing with the lender. So one, like you said, you're not gonna have to have your credit pulled 100 times. I'm gonna set you with a lender that I'm confident of that's gonna put you in the best position. And, and, and when I set you with that lender, I could also give you options. 
and I can explain to you what's out in the market today. This market is changing so much. You could watch an advertisement that says X amount of percentage, no money down, and in two weeks it's not available. And you go to that same lender, run your credit, you think you're getting this money, you're all set up, and they say, oh, that was last month's program. Mm. So I think that's really important to let someone else do the due diligence. Do I make a point? Do I make half a point? Um, some people may say, I could go to court by myself. I don't need a lawyer. Some people can say, you know what, I'll cut my own grass. And, and, and it's the cost of doing business compared to the cost of you doing your business. Mm. If you're knowledgeable as heck, I tell people, if you know what's up, go do it. Don't use me. I don't promote me in situations I'm not needed. But I've got some pretty successful real estate entrepreneurs that say, look, I know how to do it. I just don't have time. And you, and you can call me at 7 at night. You can call me on a Saturday. That lender's closed. And I'm not going to say he doesn't care, but I know he doesn't care as much as I do because my business is based upon relationships and almost a consulting aspect of what I do. Because that's what I was about to say. Like, you are the consultant to navigating the hard money space because hard money is not easy and finding people that will actually put up the money or do the deal is not easy. So you are the intermediate man that helps you get into a deal that fits your criteria. You know what lenders are looking for. So you don't have to guess going from lender to lender to lender. You can automatically be like, look, let's narrow it down based on your circumstance. Yeah. These are the best terms for you. This is where you need to start, correct? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think you brought up a great point in that being a consultant and what I talked about earlier is that, that program that you saw the flyer on that was dated 2019 and you go through that process uh, it's not the same and, and you know being developers especially for new to, to moderate experienced investors I'm a developer I'm we're, you, you hear that that hammering that is the tile that's going in upstairs of, the, of where we are on site we understand what you're going to go through and the pitfalls and I can liaison because the lenders that I deal with I can actually call a lot of them on the weekend. Okay. I go out to lunch and I know them personally, their family, and what they're about. Gotcha. Is there any final words that you want to leave the audience with? Like I mentioned, they're building their seven-figure portfolio in real estate. Are there any final words you can leave us with? You know, first of all, enjoy it. You know, don't, don't just get into it for the money if you're going to be the flipper. If you're getting into it just to make money, invest with someone like us. Because if you don't enjoy doing it, you're not going to do a good job. You're more likely to give up. So really analyze where you want to fit in in real estate. Don't think that, oh, I just want to make some money. Then you need to be a financial investor, not an actual flipper. Yeah. That, that to me is very important because a lot of people just say, oh, I want to make some money. I'm about to get into real estate. Do you like houses? Because <laughs> you know I always preach there's a such thing as active versus passive investor. Yeah. Good point. And, and to your point, um, you have, because when I first started, I thought like that too. I right. was like, I took this weekend course to get right. involved in real estate investing. The, the, um, uh, Class. My um no my contractor at the okay. time I gave him thirty he said the work was gonna be thirty thousand I gave him thirty thousand dollars cash wow. and then I left he said it was gonna take about two months to do the work I gave him two months to, like everything you could do wrong oh, yeah. that's how I got my start in real estate investing it was a long journey to understand that I was trying to be a passive investor without any active investor on site looking out for my interest. And that's how I got screwed over. That's how I lost a lot of money. But that's how I learned a hell of a lot, too. And, and that's, why I, that's the point. I think you asked me a question earlier, is that 
you know, what would be one thing that a successful real estate investor would share, and that is that you gotta know how to take a bump. You gotta, I play basketball, you know, I don't, I don't care what you do. If you can't say, oop, dang, I skint my knee. If you say, oh, I'm going home, I quit then you're not going to be successful at anything. So don't think it's going to be anything different with real estate because you watch the video. Or you watch HGTV. Oh, man. Because HGTV will give, you, they will give you numbers, <laughs> too. They will be like, this person bought the house at 200000 They put 100000 worth yep. of work into it, and they sold it for 900000 So they will have you thinking that every house is going to be like that. And, and you're going to walk it, away with 700000 from each deal. And they made it in an hour. Exactly. So no, yeah. no months, nope. no delays. They do show so. you a little hiccup, so they take ten minutes and say, "Oh, the tile didn't fit. We had to go back to the store." So yeah, that's hilarious. So what was the hiccup that you had to overcome? Oh my God! You know, one. They just yeah, I'm about to one. say picking. Nah, I know. You, know, you, you writing a book, right? But I would just want one. Estate? No, aren't you? No, I'm saying one one hiccup that I had in real estate. Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. Um, I'm gonna go back to uh, 1755 Ottawa Drive in Toledo, Ohio, 43607. Oh my God. The biggest hiccup, hiccup I had is thievery. And you really need to- From people or when you, the you, property? People steal. I'm talking about neighborhood. Okay. So, I mean, I can, I can break down other stuff, but I, I just think this goes to find a deal. Know what you're getting into. So if you're going into a, what term can I use? Hood area, uh, low income area, because you know, if you got money, you're more like, you know, it's, it's tougher areas. So just know that, you know, pick your property, be proactive, secure your property, whether you got cameras, whether you live close. So yeah, back then my biggest hurdle was, man, I put it in the front door and it went out the back door. Um, so, so really that's one. And I think one just to, to get, get onto a more applicable situation that you can control. Um, I think contractors. I think really take your time and vet a contractor. I personally have an approach of personally developing relationships and evaluating their core values, whether it's look on their Facebook, see if they're family people, you know, check them out with the a local local agencies, making sure that they're not wanted. You know, what I mean, these are things That's ask a, know. ask around. I mean, because you could meet somebody who, hey, I'm good, but they just robbed. Everybody in the neighborhood knows they're the crooked contractor. So just don't take a contractor and say, because anybody's gonna say, oh, I'm a painter. Can I see some work? Can I talk to some people so that you work with? trust and vet their sources. Period. So you need to have referrals, referral, because I guarantee you if I would have asked three other people. About your guy? About my guy. <laughs> they would have told me Girl, that stop. it was going to take, one, don't give him no $30,000 right, of, right. of a head. I mean, but but all these and more is why I built the entities that I have. That, Absolutely. to your point, that's why we are the active investors right. on site to handle projects for investors that want to be passive. Because so many people want to be passive, but you can't be passive without having an active entity somewhere in the deal. And, and it's two points as big is, is that podcasts like this, and especially this great, amazing one that you put on, is, and I say great and amazing with all passion because I know you. So it's different than watching one and somebody's maybe reading off a cue or just you know doing it to look good or whatever. I think that things like this and, and taking the time, a lot of times I'll tell an investor, they'll be like, I don't just, I said, you don't, I said, you know what, you need to wait. Now I can make some money, because I'm all about core values, so I can be like, oh yeah, sounds great, I can just say it to get the money. 
but like podcasts like this that you know people are really looking out to help people you know with their create their seven figure income and to be able to help you not have to go through the pitfalls and i think that people who have a little a little bit of money you really and i'm big on this and, I'm, and you don't even have to partner with me or us but find someone else who's got some experience do some some research and due diligence on them and say look hey i want to partner with you i got 10 grand i got 20 grand i got 50 grand, i got 100 grand because the difference is i would rather have a better experience and make less money and not have because not have to go through those pitfalls, the big ones, because you know and I know, it's gonna be problems if you exactly. are a 50 million year veteran. And, and you brought up a good point. You know, you got it, let's get it, let's go. Learn from the best in the game. Like, let's say you learn from LeBron James how to play basketball. Does that mean that when you get your start, you're not gonna have an injury? Right, or you're not gonna get dunked on, or you're not gonna get, you know, somebody's not gonna, you know, shoot a jump shot in your face, but, but, you know, it's so exciting and I get excited, you know, once I get into it, is to really surround yourself and it's gonna be obstacles, it's gonna be tough, but you're going to have to have a team. And you almost could say, take your time and find your team, but I think your team's gonna find you. Yeah, and, as you're working. Yeah, and you, and, and, and you gotta communicate to say, as a team, with all the similarities and all the differences, you have to say, we need to talk and we need to keep the prize in front of us. Let's not get caught up in the minutia of the BS and say, wait, 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 why did we part? Oh, to finish this project. So let's put our egos to the side, let's put our attitudes to the side and let's deal with the facts. And, and, and you know I say this all the time as we really evolve and grow to this, be proactive, progressive and accountable. That is awesome, awesome, awesome words of wisdom. Thank you for stopping by to drop the gems. Um, you know, obviously we're on site at our project. Right. <laughs> so we're really just giving more of an insight to conversations that we're already having. Awesome. Can you leave the audience a way to reach you, to connect yep. with you, to learn more, um, find out more if they just want to, um, you mentioned you have some footage on YouTube. Absolutely, um, yeah. Is it that they follow you on YouTube, Instagram? Absolutely. Uh, 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 well, obviously, just the basic VI capital lending. VI stands for vision it. We want to vision it with our clients, whatever it is. Uh, we operate on core values. We find the right loan for you. Um, you can reach me by phone at 678-870-4331. 678-870-4331. My email is mbc, that's my initials, at vicapitallending.com. Uh, my Instagram is at vicapital, and I always like my personal because I do a, everything on that, which is mblakecoleman, is at mblakecoleman, and I can't help but to have you follow J-S-D-E-V-P. And that's Jessica, Matt, and Pat. I love to say that. They always laugh at me when I say that, but I'm proud of that. And uh, it's just a pleasure, man. I just love to see your growth, and it helps me grow. And anyone that's listening, just know that, you know, this comes with passion and love, and that, you know, if you receive this information, it's going to make you better. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today. Another episode of Concrete Coins, helping you build your seven-figure real estate portfolio. Thank you for joining us. 